All right, what up, pod maggots? Welcome to episode <laughs> one thirty-eight. Yes. I say pod maggots because we're going to be talking about something pretty, pretty rad tonight. We're going to be talking about Slipknot, and we're here with the mighty Ryan Sin to join us on this uh, endeavor. So it's going to be awesome. What's up? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Hell yeah, man! We we're uh, we're excited to have you back because it's been a while. We we had you for you know a brief part of episode one hundred, but that was almost 40 episodes ago so we're talking almost a year damn yeah That's a bit, wow yeah yep. a year jesus i gotta get off my couch <laughs> <laughs> days look the same in the original episode was what a year and a half 60 ago? something yeah 66 maybe yeah probably a year and a half ago that's crazy oh, wow yeah it feels like a few months well here it's today it's right now and we're doing it again <laughs> yeah doing it again and we're gonna uh We've done this before. We've ranked a, an artist's catalog, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the seven studio albums that uh, Slipknot has put out, including the the most Maybe recent seven. So let yeah. me back up. How did we even think to invite Ryan on this episode? Like, there's a million topics we could have picked with you, but we it's landed true. on this. I think is your socials, right? You you've posted about Slipknot pretty recently. Oh yeah, because yeah, just I uh, they played up in Irvine not a week, two weeks ago. Yeah, I went up and saw them, and, and uh, I've seen them a few times. That was the best that I have. Man, they just, I was really amazed. But yeah, I had to go up there to pick up their new album, and um, so it's fresh in my mind. And uh, went out record shopping um, last weekend and picked up uh, The Grey Chapter, which I did not have. So uh, yeah, it's been, I guess, in my feed a little bit <laughs> recently. Nothing wrong with that. What do your punk friends think of uh, your Slipknot fandom? You know, honestly, I don't think, well, now it's a little bit different, but I, I'm, I don't have never had any uh, Slipknot friends to, to say. Um, I think it was something that a lot of people just didn't understand. Uh, you know, they wear masks and they're angry and it's, uh, they rap sometimes. I don't know that there's a DJ. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and a keg uh, and a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. It's one of those, um, I, I guess some people call them guilty pleasures or whatnot. Cause uh, just, which seems to be what people will call what they're unfamiliar with or, uh, don't know much about, but there's a few songs I put on some of their slower stuff and people, Oh, who is this? And I go, Slipknot. What is it Slipknot? Yeah. But yeah, I, I have no idea if they went and, uh, ventured on their own to learn more or, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I drove up to see him by myself, and uh, it was it was amazing. I didn't have to talk to anybody. I could just focus on the band and enjoy the show. As as I get older, and I think we've talked about this a little bit here, going to shows alone kind of rules. Oh, that that's my <laughs> mo, baby. Like unless it's like U Town or yeah, yeah, Unite, yeah. I'm going solo. Yeah, you said that last week, Tuan. Tone was like offended. He's like, wait a second, <laughs> I was with you at that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go alone. Dude, now that you've mentioned it, I, every time I've seen Slipknot, I've been I've gone solo, and nice. not not like not on purpose. Just it, it's it's gone out that way. I had a, um, my fiance couldn't go unfortunately on the last trip, but uh, yeah, every other time, anybody want to go? No, I don't actually. Probably I don't think I even invited anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you get it. Yeah, I guess it's more of like has any no nobody. Okay, cool. Oh, you you were there? I didn't see you. I saw him with <laughs> Nate. Nate, when did we see him? Like ten years ago, close to ten years ago. That's a while. Yeah, I think it was oh nine. Yeah, something like that. And it was a summer show, and you had to you had to drag me. I wasn't a fan at the time, but I'm glad you did because it wouldn't we would not be doing this right now otherwise. So, yeah, they're fucking awesome live. So, yeah, man, I I've seen him several times, and for some reason I'm I I always catch him at the end of something. 
Um, I think the first time I saw him, an old, it was on Ozfest. I think it was the last. It was the end of Ozfest, the last last show. And then I saw them on their last show of some crazy long tour. And a, a friend of mine was working on the tour and said that everybody, the whole tour, not just them, it was like like a three or four band bill. He said the whole tour was wiped out for some reason. It was an exhausting tour. And I was like, man, I'm always catching the end. I want to see the excitement. They right. made up for it this last time. Um, I saw him again uh, previously, not too long ago with Cypress Hill. It was Cypress Hill's last show. It was the end of the end of the tour for them. And then, yeah, just recently up in Irvine, uh, the last Knotfest roadshow uh, in the U.S. for the end of the year. But, yeah, they made up for it. I think anybody that was not a fan or never heard of them walked away from that show in Irvine. Uh, just light up. You have to be like, oh, I'm into this band forever now. Because, man, they one of the best live shows I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it totally swayed me. Like, I had listened. I knew songs. Obviously, you couldn't get away from some stuff. But at the same time, I was like... I, I just love live music. All right, Nate, let's go. We drove the three hours, and I, I looked at him halfway through the set, and I was like, I get it. <laughs> this makes complete sense now. <laughs> yeah, the live element. Yeah, oh, man. It's one of the first bands that I really appreciate the theatrics of at this point. With the um, This time they had screens on uh, on the drums and, you know, and the, the, the movement around on stage and just kind of when, when someone's not actually playing their instrument, you know, almost like a performance art in a way moving around the stage theatrically and probably as a teenager, I mean, what the fuck is this shit? But I man, I was loving it. Well, I brought my 65 year old dad at the time back in 2019 to see him. It was the Volbeat tour with Volbeat, Behemoth, uh, who else? Gojira maybe, but uh, he loved it. Like, even if you don't like the music, there's something, there's theatrics, there's Mm -hmm. the whole pyro, I'm sure. So he's, I don't know if he's a fan, but he he understands why I dragged his ass three hours each way to the show. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you appreciate any kind of like Vegas show where it's a full on production, like if you appreciate any of that stuff going to Slipknot, it's like, oh, this is a fucking sick ass show in itself. Music aside. So you're going to get your money's worth. Right. I think what's the next is like bringing in the Cirque du Soleil dancers, the ribbon <laughs> dancers hanging from the stage. Right. I mean, I don't know how they could go bigger with the live. <laughs> my dad now wears slipknot coveralls in public he, he's, he that's is, amazing he is a maggot i like your dad's pretty rad <laughs> <laughs> that is oh yeah slick thank you for listening to slick i think he's listening yeah shout out all right so what are we doing we're ranking Jeez, yeah. this is tough what the hell were we thinking i don't know man i <laughs> i thought it'd be easy but it's not. I kind of did too, and then yeah. I started thinking about. It. I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys asked me to be here because I, I grew up in the in the CD age, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, I started collecting, I guess, you know, like uh, records a little more as I got older when I actually have the time to sit down. I'm appreciate this listening, but um, yeah, I went through my old CD boxes and found all my uh, my Slipknot albums, which was a lot of fun to dig through nostalgia like that. Were they still in like a CD binder, like a Bible binder? No. <laughs> in the back no, seat? I had, no, I had one of those stolen from me, like a 200, the big oh, one oh, uh, on uh, Lollapalooza in 2003. Like that was my my tour. <laughs> yeah. Got an iPod after that. But um, yeah, since then, no, I don't. And, and now all my CDs are in boxes and storage. So I got to go out and dig through that and find a whole bunch of shit I forgot about. But yeah, nice. I thought it'd be an easy, oh, this will be fun. We'll rank them. And then like I started... Wait, which song? Okay, that song's on this album. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! And I, you know, I was looking at the back of the album, listening, looking at the uh, track listings, and going, 
we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is, we're recording this at late October, 2022. You ask me this in three months, I might completely change the seven. So <laughs> right. like, it depends on the mood. It depends on what you're looking to reach for and what you need out of a Slipknot album. Cause where there's some similarities is clearly some differences too. So man, I, it was tough, but I'm, I'm excited to, to dig into it and see what we come up with. Right. Yeah. Let's uh, Ryan, we're going to start with you, man. All right. I'm gonna go seven being wow, oh, fuck. You know what? I'm just I'm gonna go with uh We Are Not Your Kind. Oh wow, yeah. And the only reason is because this is the album I'm least familiar with. And th that's the only reason I would put it there. Because mm -hmm. uh I gotta sit some more with this one. I actually forgot I had this on 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 record here. That's a legitimate reason, because that's the reason for my seven as well. Same. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty, you want to give your seven then? Yeah, it's uh, the Gray chapter. So th this is the first album after Paul Gray's passing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I bought the CD. Like this is what twenty fourteen. This is the very tail end of me buying CDs. Bought it. I just it didn't connect with it, so I never really came back to it. I think uh, Skeptic's good, Custer's good, but it's not a revisit album for me. And I don't. Know, I think if I spent more time with it, it'd be probably higher. Totally. I had it at seven too, and it, for the same reasons. Listening back to it this week to like get into doing this, I found myself liking songs that I didn't realize I liked, and I was like, "Man, is this higher? Should I put this higher?" And then you try to put it higher, and you can't because mm -hmm. there's other stuff you like better. This is just one that I haven't spent enough time with. A and B, I can get what I want out of them in another record that maybe I like a little more. So that's why I, I say this one's seven. But I mean, it's not a slouch. It's got some really good songs on it. True. Yeah, it's good to make the disclaimer that it's not like a, a knock on the on the record, right? Because like Slipknot is tight, like no matter what the lineup changes, say all you want, like they, they're still good. They were good then, they're good now. Like similar to your both all of your assessments for me, it's you know that and so far really given the fact that the album just dropped. So I've only listened to the record twice, and then little sidebar on that is like what makes a good record other than the first impression, second impression is like memories associated with those songs so it's like i don't even have any memories attached to the new record yet because it's so new you know yeah um so it's going to be a while for me to properly rank that and like you said tone maybe it'll be this time next year and all of a sudden it, it's in the top five so yeah it's no longevity right it, it hasn't stood the test of time exactly yeah I, I think that's a good way to, to sum that up i do want to and i have them at, i have that at six uh the end so far and i wanted to throw out remember that story that came up it might have been like a year ago where they were Slipknot has put out uh, or has a record like under their belt that sounds like Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is sure. Adderall not like the start of that record or the end of that record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the music more yeah. so than the vocals. Yep. 100%. So that had to, I wanted to bring that up and not spend too much time on it, but like I would take a record of that full record, a Slipknot album with that style just to get something different. I like the, the chance they took. I kind of wish that song was like later in the record, but. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna loop back around to, to that when when that one comes up in my ranking because I, I feel very similar in that direction. Would you have at six? Six, right. I have the great chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, only because I didn't like it at first, and I really wanted to. It was a special record for me. It was uh, Jay Weinberg's first with the band, and I met Jay when he was uh, a little kid. And hung out with him and had a great time. And I was like, 
yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to say I hate kids, but I'm not a kid person. Um, <laughs> and, but I've always been like, oh, that, that kid's awesome. And, you know, I, I had good memory of him. And it was like, when I heard he was playing with him, it's like, oh, yes, rad. You know, you when you're happy that something happened, you know, something cool happens to an awesome kid. And so I picked, you know, listen to it or whatnot. It was uh, the reason for me that I, I didn't like it was it was so dark dealing with the matter of, you know, obviously with the loss of Paul and whatnot, but it was, uh, it just put me in, uh, um, man, you ever listen to like too much neurosis Mm -hmm. and you just, man, you you need a break. Sometimes you need some happy, you need some, you know, you need a rainbow in the sky after that rain. This just kept me down in a, in a funk of my own loss for a while. But recently, you know, up uh, when I saw them, just a few weeks ago and uh listening on the way back and i was noticing oh there's some yeah it's still, you know this album's got some bangers on it and then got home uh went out the next day or a few days later and picked up the record and listened to it really loud at home on my stereo and was like this album fucking rocks and uh it resonated uh with me on a different emotional uh level so i actually got to more enjoy it instead of just uh reminisce of working through tragedies you know uh, yeah, and it's one that now I'm like, I'm, it's, uh, I think, yeah, I just posted it you know, on the socials the other day. And yeah, it's like, it's in the rotation. Uh, like you said, uh, I think, yeah, you asked me to be part of this because I had posted a few Slipknot things and one of them was the enjoyment of this record again. So nice. Like it's like you said, you know, ask me in a few, it might be, it might be up to number three or four. We don't know, but right now it's at six for me. That's a totally, on our end, that's a total nerd season there. We're like, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> we noticed you've been talking and posting about Slipknot, and we were thinking about doing an episode, so. Yeah. <laughs> nerd season nerd. That's the, that's the way of the world this is, man. Hey, I, you know what? I just, uh, I kind of, I had that moment myself. Uh, someone that I follow that I like, I kind of, I guess, learn from is uh, Raw from uh, Suicidal. Because he was out with Corn. I like watching his videos. He's oh, yeah. always, man, his energy is always so high or whatnot. But he, he had posted something about like a, a beverage. And I like call him, oh, dude, you got to get this flavor. Oh, no, man, you got to try this. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it was all through social media. I've never met the guy in person, but like I've enjoyed his content. And, and you know, it's weird. Yeah, I think, you know, we're a little bit older. So we look at it as like this, what the fuck? But I mean, that's <laughs> that's like the, that's that's ringing your friend on the phone. You know, hey, what's up, man? Hey, we're going to three-way call. Look, it's definitely, don't put her up on, no, up on the line, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all me. So that's the way I look at it anyway. It makes me okay with it. Otherwise, my anxiety be through the roof and. I'd be living in a cabin. <laughs> nowhere. Well, just make sure you have internet because we might want to talk to you every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through six VPNs. Fair enough. <laughs> they will, they'll never find you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I gave my six. Ryan gave a six. What'd you guys have? Tuan. I had uh, the end so far. I think it's, it's just so, it's so new. I think it's a good record. I thought of a term for that album. It's stadium slipknot, like more than they've ever been. Like if yeah. you listen to the layered vocals on like medicine for the dead, yen, the dying song, it's like, is this, there's a little like eighties hair metal in the layered Corey vocals. And I liked it. It's just different, but I think just due to the newness and uh, I don't know. I also, I also don't like how there have been comments made by the band members that allude to the fact that it was rushed or oh, totally yeah so it's like well is this an incomplete record so now i'm like i'm listening through it with like through that lens or through those ears and it's just a little different but i don't know give it time it, it, it could crack top five <laughs> i'll tell you from uh from the perspective of, of a band in the studio and working towards the, 
uh, getting it done. They're all rushed. I know. And that's why we have you, right? Because like, we don't know. We have no fucking clue. We're just like. Well, there's just, I can only imagine with nine people in the band, and then you have your producer, engineer, you have the assistants, you have your techs. I, good God. I couldn't, that's running a carnival. Yeah. You know, that's a circus right there. I mean, you know, I'm in a band, we got four, and, um, you know, it's, we have our own troubles sometimes organizing and get together. Hell, fucking there's the hard H2O, hard to organize, man. Bands are, it's hard. It is. And I could imagine with that many people, uh, there has to be a time where you're ready to, to, to it's never going to be finished, but you got to say, okay, it's done enough. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's done for, it's done for the rest of the world. It'll never be finished in my head, but it's done. And with nine people, it, I don't think you would ever have everybody sign off that. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm happy and content now. That's going to be so hard. You're right. I mean, it's it's hard enough with three, four, or five people. And then you, you toss in the fact that you've got nine, and then you've got people around them, too. Oh, you exactly. got the Tortilla Man in there, too. Don't forget him. <laughs> tortilla Man. Man, I'm waiting for the next one. I want the, I want the next secret, not, not, not replacement, but like the next edition of like a secret character that just, dude, he could just wear the, the people equal shit mask yep. and just be the maggot. Yeah. Nobody knows who he is, and he just, I don't know what he does. He runs around on stage, backup vocals. Uh, I don't know, but that would just, you know, the, ah, man, he's a little cornball, a little too comic booky, but. <laughs> I would I would be that person for them, though, if they, if they were looking, if they were in town. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah, probably what spawned it is my own little, hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> Gra- grab a fan in each town. Be be part of the nine for the day. and <laughs> There you go, man. Merchandising, man, always thinking. You know who did that is uh, Corn did that on one of their tour cycles. They had like three random people on stage just kind of doing weird shit. That does not surprise me. I went me. to that tour. Did yeah. you? What was that? See you, see you on the other side? Oh, man. I don't know. That was um, I actually uh, acquaintance was one of the uh, under the masks. Oh, wow. so I, nice. yeah. Went and, <laughs> went and saw them. It was actually kind of fun, but yeah. it was at the venue. At, uh, it's, they just tore it down. Fourth and B is an old venue here in San Diego. So for my six, I actually had the gray chapter there as well. Never really hit with me then. Kind of revisited it, you know, this record today and yesterday and still kind of in a similar place where I felt, you know, how I felt about it then. A big thing that you mentioned, Ryan, that actually is a reason why I used to like shelve the record is the fact that Paul wasn't on it and he passed away. So that was a bummer. And also Joey Jordison, who's like literally like my favorite drummer of all time for the longest time. So like Jay coming in. As much as I was like stoked for him, I was like, man, like we're down two members. Like, you know, you can't help but feel like, is this band starting to fall apart for lack of better words? You know, lyrical content aside, it just seemed like, okay, this is like Kiss removed two members. Like, what is it now? But Slipknot's such a big, you know, team that it really is somewhat original for the most part, if you consider that they've been around since what, like 98. So, 90, 90. Yeah, yeah, or way earlier than yeah. ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, they. I know they had to have done some touring, and there's old videos of them. Uh, fuck, what was the name of that album? It was four words. Mate, feed, kill, repeat. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, they had to pay their, you know, as they say, paid their dues at that time. But yeah, I mean, like you said, different members going. What's going to happen? They have definitely kept a sense of originality through all of it. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right, five. What do you get for five? Five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Iowa. Ooh, controversial. We got our first hot take here, dude. It's 
it's the strongest opening to an album, a, a, a sophomore album of mm-hmm. all fucking time. I mean, it's the second album and <laughs> first word, totally. here we go again, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> so I, love, I love that. However, so I got the, the first Slipknot album. I, show, I mentioned that earlier. I'll go into it more when it comes up. But the copy that I got, the first Slipknot introduction, I had no clue what they looked like. And I didn't know what they looked like for a very long time. When Iowa came out was kind of my introduction to a bigger picture of the band. And it was a little, to me, it was a little, felt more hectic in the production, if that makes sense. It was a little more, a little more chaotic in my mind to listen to at the time that I listened to it. It didn't grab me in the same way. It was just a little more like, whoa, too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the, what year was that? Oh, one. Yeah, yeah so Sam, thank you. I don't have to go get my readers. 82801. Damn. So yeah, maybe um let's see 01. What was I fucking doing? Yeah, maybe it's a little too hectic for me at the time. Now it's one of my favorite. People equal shit is my jam. <laughs> that is my driving through traffic song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna save my thoughts on that one till I get to that one. Uh, we're not <laughs> far from it for me, so I can give a thought or two, but yeah, I it's one that early on for me, I was like before I really get into the band, I was like, man, that's that's too heavy for me. And then I started listening to them and get understanding a little more and being more receptive to all types of music. And I was like, holy shit, this is so good. Oh, shit. You know, I forgot. Speaking of not really having many Slipknot friends, Tony, my bandmate, Tony, has friends in Iowa. So when this when this came out, People Equals Shit was a big banger. And it was... Uh, <laughs> It, it wasn't, it was for him, I think, you know, it was a nostalgic and funny, like his friends are from Iowa and, you know, get crazy and mosh, we used to have mosh pits in the van. Nice. Before, yeah, before we had buses in the van, we were wild kids. And that was, that was my Slipknot shared experience was with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I, I guess I'll give my five. I had, uh, I had self-titled and it's the, the main reason I had self-titled Ooh. and this is probably a hot take for a lot of people, but the main reason I had self-titled is because it didn't hit me when it happened. Had I been on board from the jump, it's probably one or two, right? Because it, it's just, it's this classic kind of tent pole record for new metal, for the band, but it just, it's something that I came to late. And had I come to it earlier, I think I probably would have had it higher. And I, listening through it again recently and being more, you know, again, receptive to it than I would have been, say, in 1999 or 2000, I was like, yeah, I get why so many people flock to this and so many people would have it you know, up there, but it's five for me because of the fact that it just didn't hit me in the moment. All right. No, that, dude, you said, um, new metal, new metal. God, see, it's been, I haven't heard it so long. I did erased it from my mind. Um, there was definitely a negative association of, uh, at the time to like new metal or be associated with it. I think at least amongst some of people that I associated with friends from home and whatnot, and what was it, dude? Didn't even Corn like apologize for introducing Limp Bizkit or yeah. some shit like that? <laughs> there was a there was a brief period there in like oh four, oh five, oh six, like middle two thousands when everybody was into like the Strokes and shit. That, that people were like, yeah. okay, sorry, I mean, maybe that's what I'm remembering. I remember there's like a negative yeah thing about it, and so just not like some bands that were just pegged with it was kind of like you would just shy away a little bit. And for the record, let it be known, I fucking love Limp Bizkit. Yeah, totally. Oh, absolutely. We do, we do too. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we were right you're, among, you're amongst friends here, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, I, I'm not a fanboy, but I love them growing up, and you know, I, st- I still appreciate it. I have a Limp Bizkit gold record. No shit. 
Yeah. I mean, who ha- who else has one of those that, you know, didn't get it issued to them? There's no Dude, other weirdos <laughs> out there other than me. Dude, that's weird. I lost mine. I had, uh, not the gold record, but my, so I don't know why I wasn't there. A friend of mine was there at Kennedy High School in Fremont, California, where I went to high school. Now, I didn't go to Kennedy, but I went to high school in Fremont, California. A friend of mine at Kennedy was there, and he gave me this tape. It was a three-song in a little card sleeve tape from Limp Biscuit. It was three songs, because Fred Durst was there handing them out. Wow. <laughs> I guess at some point in time, he, he lived in Fremont or spent time in Fremont or something. He, he went down and handed out some of his demos before the album came out. And it was the same kind of like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's heavy and it's angry, and then there's scratching, and you know, and now we're rapping. Fuck yeah! But uh, yep, that's amazing. How did you get a gold record? Uh, eBay. Yeah, <laughs> eBay. I, I never. I, I'd always. I'm like, who'd you know? Who'd you work with, or something? I didn't know. <laughs> Twenty need a better fuck, story. I gotta, get, I I gotta get some gold records. <laughs> I'm actually related to Fred. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We talked about him a bunch, but yeah, we're not related. <laughs> you could, you could, you know, I bet you could be like, oh, I sold West Borland an old uh, guitar pedal I found in my uncle's garage, and everybody you believe you. That, that's I, my I, new story. I like this idea. Let's 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 put a pin in that. Not a lie. <laughs> if you believe it. Exactly. Exactly. Shit. I'll I'll keep this moving. I'll keep this brief. This will take 30 seconds because I know you guys obviously have it higher. Volume three, subliminal verses at five. It may be a surprise, but I mm-hmm. honestly, like in 04, right? I had kind of moved on from, from Slipknot. Nothing against them, but like I didn't, duality didn't like, before I forget, didn't like. I didn't like the kind of talky, you know, to go from self-titled to Iowa to that, I was like, yeah, I, I I think I'm good for now. So I, again, I, I just was not into it at the time and I haven't really revisited it, but it, I I think it's better than Great Chapter in and so far. I got a question for you because you mentioned it on another record, which was the end so far. Jim Root like blasted that album basically. He's like, yeah, it's not our best, it's rushed. He also shit on this album when it dropped. Do you think that's part of that reasoning? or? No, I, I never knew that. I never knew that he shit on it. And maybe oh, okay. that's their like marketing ploy beyond the mass. It's just like, let's just shit on the album so people are curious about it. We'll start doing that with the pod. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Don't listen. I actually, Don't. actually, no, please do. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny you say that you didn't like that. That's kind of when I started paying more attention. I, I wasn't a huge fan at the, at the time this dropped, but. I definitely, you couldn't get away from them. They were a little more radio friendly, a little more, uh, I, I guess, Rick Rubenized, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened here, I think. And when I texted you guys yesterday, this is the year that hope fails you and, and nobody said anything, I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that line. So Nate, you up? Yeah, I'll save my thoughts on that record because, you know, as you know, I ride for that one. Yeah. Uh, my number five is uh, All Hope Is Gone. Great record. Revisited this record in depth today. And it was actually, it moved up. Let's put it that way. Like it was, it was higher and it moved up to number five from the original spot. But um, great production. Joey's back in his bag. Uh, Jordison with the fast tempo. You know, I thought it's a great record, but uh, Psycho Social Man, like that, that song as a lead off really kind of shot itself in the foot for me personally because I just thought the song sucked. And I think it's okay now, but I still don't think it's their best work. 
and it just doesn't really represent the album well. But if you get past that, it's almost like a single that's been overplayed. You know, call it Green Day, American Idiot. You're like, all right, this record's rad, but I heard that song a trillion times and unfortunately kind of stained the album for me. But um, I think this is a solid output from the band, and I think it's them telling the world, like, no, we're not, we're not going anywhere, because I think Subliminal was what everyone thought was their last record. So they came back swinging with this record. But um, it's number five just because other ones were uh, higher up. I'm, I'm going to make a plug, Nate. If you don't like Psychosocial, go on YouTube after this episode, type in Psychosocial Justin Bieber Baby Mashup. <laughs> it is the fucking best song on the planet. It's amazing. So pause this episode, go check it out, then come back and you'll be smiling the rest of the episode. <laughs> does, it, does it belong on a covers episode? <laughs> it's, it's a cool Greatest mashup. mashups. Yeah, mashup. those were hot on YouTube like ten years ago. Whoever did it, is, uh, put this together, did a great job with well, it. Well, now they're hot on TikTok, and this song yeah. gets used a lot. Actually, the vocals, anyway. Who hasn't given a five? I gave a five. Ryan gave a five. Nate gave a five. I think we all did, right? So we're down to fours. We all did, yeah. Ryan, what do you got? Three subliminal. I think it's because Iowa. I kind of dipped out. Just it was a little bit, you know, heavy. And then this was like their their big album the one now everybody knows them you know this is the album that kind of blew them up and as much as you know like when you're a fan of something and it's your own little private thing and then it, you know it there, there's always that little bit of like for some reason like oh which i don't understand now but as a kid you know um but for me this album it was just yeah it was it was the videos you couldn't like you said you couldn't get away from it however i really like the production on it and so uh you know i listened to it a lot like that at, you know, appreciative of that. And it's a, it's a great record, but it just, for me, it was, you know, at the time it was just a little too much and it, it didn't have that. The whole thing I think is sick. The whole thing, just craziness that, you know, that, that it brought me on that, on that first record. So it didn't connect with it as much, but um, yeah, now it's, you know, now in the iPod world and the streaming world, it's easy to pick my songs that I really like. off. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I don't have it on vinyl or, you know, on record yet. So, um, and that's how I listen to most of my music. And, and so, yeah, give me, give me a few months and uh, a good day at the record store. And, and that might be back at number one. Who knows? <laughs> Two things about that record. You're right. It did kind of put them out there and like more people knew who they were and getting it on vinyl. I got the record store day version of it. What year was that? It was like six or seven years ago. Uh, and I think I spent like 35 bucks on it. It's worth like 350. I'm like afraid to open it. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't open that shit. I'm like I love that I have it cuz it's it you know, it's a record that I ride for, I love, but I'm like holy shit, do I ever do I ever actually play this? I want to play this, but <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself to open it. That's that's great cuz I have a uh two copies of an album right here for for that same reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh I had at 4 or 4, right? I had Iowa. I just loved, especially listening to self-titled Into Iowa this weekend, the progression, like hearing what they were and hearing what they could be and you know, where they were headed. And I was like, holy shit, like this band is ready to take over the world after hearing like the Heretic Anthem and uh, People Call Shit and, you know, just all of that stuff is just so fucking heavy and awesome. And especially once I started to let my guard down and be less worried about what other people thought about what I like for music and just liking music. I was way in. I was like, this is, and it was right after you brought me to see him, Nate. I was like, I got to revisit this band. I got to listen to everything. And, and this, this one just stuck out and it, it, that's why I got it at four, but it was such a cool progression to hear them do what they did 
kind of lower budget, less produced, and then do that on a production, a better production size scale, but the same type of record. Oh, it was perfect for me. I love that you checked it out after you saw them live too, because you had this like thing that clicked where you're like, oh, now I get why I should see revisit, revisit this record after seeing them live, because there's just so much going on. You're like, God damn, and now I can actually kind of, I have a visual on what this is, what's actually happening on this record, which totally. is cool. Totally, yep. I'm not, no comment. Kind of higher. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, We Are Not Your Kind. I, I thought it was, I love this album. Phenomenal bounce back from Great Chapter, which I had at the end. I love just the vibe and aesthetic. I love the name. Like, that's a total Slipknot name. I think, we Tone, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Solway Firth. Killer closer, like so one of good. the best closers in their catalog. Birth of the Cruel, so fucking good. Unique yeah. song that it's so raw. Like if you listen back to that song, it's one of the. This is a bold statement. It's one of the raw Slipknot songs, mm-hmm. and uh, and I actually I saw them tour off this, which helps. So I'm gonna go four with We Are Not Your Kind, and actually I bought a koozie at that show, so I love showing up to like barbecues with uh. Slipknot, we are not your kind koozie. You think I'm a fucking weirdo? No, I, I not at that, not at our barbecue, not at the patio slave barbecue. Yeah, I will wear my people equal shit face mask in public. I have no qualms with that if it's cold out. Well, Ryan, it. we're gonna need you to take a, a selfie with that on so we can use it for the episode card. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be so good. I mean, we knew you were a fan, but we didn't know you were like people equal shit beanie fan. Uh, dude, I, I've been a long, long time, and I have a different. I don't know, man. It's weird for me. I don't get the shit. I was just talking, and I keep forgetting this fucking word. Uh, starstruck. I don't. I don't get that. I don't. I mean, I don't know the right word because I don't feel like a fan. I feel just more mm-hmm. of of like I, I, an appreciation for the work that they present. Yep. Um, like I drove up to Irvine, I had backstage passes and I, I watched the show and I left to beat traffic home when they were, you know, walking off stage. And it, it's, you know, um, I, I got what I needed, man. I saw what I needed to see is I got to see the music. I didn't have to talk to anybody and I could just, you know, and perfect view. And it was a great show. And I'm, 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 I'm losing my train of thought. No, it's but, that's, but that's, uh, that's awesome. Oh, we get man. it. I mean, we get all that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, but I've, I've been in an appreciation from, from, I'll tell you why, when we get to my number one record and all that, but, um, but yeah, I've, I've been with the knot since day nine. <laughs> There's a little teaser for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nate, what'd you have it for? So my four moved up. Uh, I was actually lower, but it is subliminal versus, Great record. Always rode for it from day one. Similar to all of our live stories. I saw them on that tour cycle with Shadows Fall, who we had Brian Fair on, and Lamb of God. Obviously one of the biggest bands right now in metal. So that tour just fucking destroyed me. I was just so stoked. I mean, it was that Song of Serena and, and Lowell Mass. So you had like the metal of all metal fans all congregating, you know, as as a nerd fest. So um and just a stacked lineup. But the record, I always rode for the record. And um I forgot who said this earlier, but was it you, Tony? I think I thought when I listened to this record, this is their stadium record. Like just the yeah. way the song progressions and the breakdowns and the, in a lot of ways, simplicity, a lot of the songs. I'm like, this is like their Metallica black album, you know, digestible, still technical, but you know, you can play this on the radio, but you can also rock a fucking stadium or European festival. Love everything about it. Even the singles. I really like the music videos. 
uh, before I forget, it's like the first time you see them kind of like kiss without their makeup. You don't see their faces, but you see them jamming in like a practice space. I thought that was really cool. And I don't even know beyond all those kind of simple, you know, simple bullet points why it stands out for me. But I think I was definitely in the band 10 out of 10 at, at that point. You know, I think we all loved them in high school, but I was, I was riding for them. There's, you know, I was at the record store at midnight to grab this record. So, wow. Nice. Rad. God, I miss those days. Right? I <laughs> love doing that. on Spotify till midnight. Well, it was, and it was Tuesday, too, Monday night. It wasn't even, Tuesday, going, on yeah. A, yeah, it wasn't even going on a Thursday into a Friday. It's going on a Monday night into a Tuesday. <laughs> We're old, guys. We're old. <laughs> Another thing, too. This is the first Slipknot record after Corey took a hiatus and went reverted back to Stone Sour, his first band. So there's, a, there's some more singing on this record, and I think... Yeah, that was a proponent totally. of Stone Sour's major release with Bother and whatnot. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not really that familiar with Stone Sour. Didn't know that. Timing-wise, that would make sense, I guess, for that. I think there are pieces of, because I've listened to both bands, pieces of Stone Sour make their way into Slipknot at times. Jim was in that band as well for a bit, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, that would make, I, I guess, yeah, if you have two members, there's going to be some ideas that are going to... Yeah, it just it's cross pollinate, and it's like it's the same vocalist, and you're gonna have things that sound similar. It's just gonna happen. I like I like Stone Sour too. I, Nate and I. That's when we met. We met Corey at, at the Stone Sour show in Portland, Maine, about nine years ago. So, yep. Backstage, I gotta dig that photo up. I'll put that photo up. It's a cool photo. All right, threes. Ryan, what do you got? Yeah, three. I got. Uh, All hope is gone. Nice. The deluxe double. I um the reason. I like this album a lot. It's uh, I have the double CD version, and it's got a forty-page booklet. And the band being so oh, man, I don't know how to over the top. I mean, nine members in the band. Their music is just—it's all over the place. There's elements of everything cut in there at some point. And then to have this forty-page booklet with all of this artwork, and um, it, it kind of—it felt to me like the most thought out and presented album from beginning to end this the way the songs flow into each other the pacing of it the videos um when they were released almost kind of fit the pacing of the album as well as uh man just um i'm a fan of sean's photography and his his artwork that he's uh shared outside of the band and you can kind of see this is for me the first time i could see that really coming through in this booklet here and uh there's also, I think it was this album, there was talk amongst the band of not everybody being as involved as they could have been. Something about they put out like, we got the studio, we're going to be here. If you want to be on the record, this is where we're at. We're recording, be here these days. And uh, I think it was this when I watched a documentary about it. And it was the first, it was crazy because the documentary about the band didn't show any of their faces. And wow. it was the first time I figured out that DJ Starscream was... You know, it, it was holy shit because there's one quick scene where his hand pops out the door, and I also have a Transformers tattoo, Decepticon <laughs> tattoo, and I saw it. I'm, oh okay, but um, yeah, mainly for me at the time, uh, I remember uh, driving a Mini Cooper and listening to this album fucking nonstop. Driving, I don't even, I don't know where I was going. That's a visual right there, Ryan. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I blew the speakers in it too. So fuck yeah. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, Mini Cooper, me and a Mini Cooper. This one had long black hair, no beard, too. So, yeah, probably a sight to be seen. <laughs> Not for the best. But, yeah, it just felt like a, a full, 
almost like a concept album. It just felt so well put together that it was, uh, and I'm not skipping around on songs. It was just every moment. I took it all in and appreciated it all. It was mm-hmm. more of a, a, a moment than just an album. Tone, did you have this one at three? No, I, I have this higher. I'll jump in real quick. Yeah, jump keep in. Keep this moving. Yeah. Uh, I love this album. Fucking love it. I have it at three, obviously. Gematria, is that how you say it? Gematria? One of my favorite Slipknot songs. It has the se- my second favorite Slipknot breakdown at the end when it's like, we'll burn your cities down. And when that groovy, sludgy breakdown comes in, I'm like, this is what I fucking signed up for. I love that album. Uh, this Cold Black, big time underrated Slipknot song. And the drums at the beginning of uh, Where In Lies Continue. Killer. It's just like... Love it, love it, love it. Top top three. So number three for me. Dude, like you like you said in Gematria, that the intro, how Iowa was too hectic and too crazy. This is the one that made all that craziness make sense to me. Mm. Was that build up, the sections, how they play its part, breakdown of the, you know, part before it, second, third part, two times longer, and they build into that song another reason because it kind of opened up the door for me to some of that other stuff that was a little too uh, undigestible. All of a sudden, uh, my palate had expanded. Mm-hmm. Tone, you're looking like you want to jump in so I, bad. I can't. I got it higher. I got, I got, I got a lot to say about it because I got it higher. I'll, you guys it. are saying a lot of the things that I'm going to say, too. So <laughs> I fucking love this record. Uh, all right, Nate, what do you have at three? So three might be controversial, but maybe not, you know, given all of our takes so far. But I had uh, the first record, the debut... I had it at five, record. so you can't be as you can't you're not as <laughs> controversial as me. <laughs> Mid sentence, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I think I loved the record from the get go, but um, you know, you got to think. '99, we were young bucks. It was still so brutal at the time that I, I think I liked it, but I didn't love it. And um, you know, re-listening, doing the exercise for this for this episode on the why and the and the when and how, it still slaps. It's still as brutal as ever. It brings back some really crazy memories because it was just so freaking long ago. We, you know, we're not musicians, right? Obviously, right? So for us, it's like, it's hard to digest something when you're just a fan. And at this stature, it's, it's extremely complicated. And you try to revisit, you try to digest it, you try to understand it. And you like it just for the com- you know, complexity. It's like playing chess. You're like, I like it just because it's, it's all over. It's something I'll never be able to do personally. This is like an Olympian uh, on a record. So... It's number three. I had it higher at one point, but just based on the, their output altogether, it's, hit, it's sitting at three today. And I think Tony mentioned that earlier. Like this, I could have a shitty fucking day and this would be number one all day. Yeah, I could see this one going <laughs> higher for sure. And, and uh, having, I just didn't spend enough time with it in the moment. Had, if, had I been listening to this like you since 99 and been more into it from there, it's probably one or two, but I hear you. All right, my three. My three was uh, volume three. Subliminal Verses, this is, we said, we talked about it a ton, you all had it already. It, for me, is the first time I feel like the drums aren't the feature. The guitars, they kind of move more towards the guitars. And I, I like that, obviously. I'm a, a big fan of guitars. I love drums, oh, too. I like that tone. That's... I just had never, like, yeah. listening to them in succession, the first two records, the drums are very... I mean, everything is, but they're front and center. And they're a little not pulled back on this record, but the guitars are more front and center. And uh, it, it makes it different. It gave the whole record a different feel. And they're just songs that, you know, when I was getting into the band that, that hit me, you know, Pulse of the Maggots and Before I Forget. Yeah, they're a little radio and they, they fit a little more in the, 
a little more in the mainstream than some of the other Slipknot stuff does, but that's why I had it at three because this there's just it was around when I got into them, so that's why I have it higher. All right, two, two, me in so far. Oh, nice! Wow, I'm, nice. I'm going. I'm going the new one. I like it. And the reason being for me is it kind of goes with the title, the end, so far, which. Um, this I got this one. This was an is an open. This was like the uh, the first pressing that you get on their website, and <clears throat> I noticed this was a sticker. And on the end, I was like, "Oh, whoa! It's a misprint. Oh, I can't open this. I can't." Oh man, oh. yeah. And yeah. I'm not really like I have a lot of records, but I'm not a collector. I don't buy a record to. I have a really good friend of mine, music lover. He's not a, a musician, and so it's really interesting for me to get his take on on stuff. But he's got, I mean, he, he audiophile dude. And uh, he 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 collects and and will have stuff to invest. Like, oh, I'm gonna you know this record in ten years. I'm gonna just gonna my, my retirement here. But for me, I was like, well, it's the knot, dude. I I can't. Yeah. And so I drove to Irvine the, the uh, to go see them. Sometimes I get like that last minute, like I don't want to drive two hours. I'm tired. But I was like, no, I have to go there because I have to buy another copy that I can open and listen to. And then I, I got it home and realized that all of the records were misprinted. But anyway, I have a pink one that will sit on my shelf forever. Uh, <laughs> nice. But um, the reason being is because even at the, the onset of the band, when um, I think everybody first heard them for the most part, there'd already been numerous changes within the group. And then throughout all of the albums and the losses uh, and you know the changes, they've kept their, their sound. And there's no point, like, if you listen to it and didn't know who was in the band, didn't pay attention to any of that, just listen to the records, you could, yeah, it's the same guys throughout the whole time. You know, it's the same same group. But um, I think it's, I hope, as, as the title would lead you to believe, the end so far, or the end for now, is a good kind of bookending on how they came in with the masks uh, kind of anonymously. My first introduction, didn't even know what they looked like to how, you know, the craziness taking over the whole fucking world. And who would have thought all those years ago that these lunatics running around, jumping on stage like fucking wild animals are going to be one of the biggest bands in the world. And to see them, I didn't listen to the record. I pre-ordered it and then it came out. My pre-order didn't show up. And then when it did, I can't open this, man. It's got the sticker on it. So I had to wait <laughs> until, and then I was like, you know, I'm not going to go see Slipknot, uh, you know, after this new record has just come out because they're going to play new songs. So I, you know, I got to mentally get there. So I listened to it in my truck on the drive up and was like, oh, this is new. This is interesting. I got some, and I like that. I definitely appreciate getting out of your comfort zone, sampling some different soups at the table. And, uh, but it still had that, that sound like Adderall. It's, it still sounds like Slipknot. And it has that, even though how pretty it is, there's that like, creepiness or under you know there's an edge to it that's kind of coming at yeah. you yep. and i mean obviously no one knowing it's the not you know that that's coming but even during those moments of oh it's so beautiful sounding and so clean and and there's just a there's the, like that movie uh legend that old tom cruise movie it's like there's scenes where it's all beautiful but there's something just gives you like a you know yeah. like you, if you were alone in the most beautiful forest you're still kind of i think i'm alone and i don't want to be right <laughs> who's who's watching me right <laughs> yeah yeah and and, and just in listening to it um i read an interview with jim where he said that uh, alex had written a lot of it and to him it sounded like a slipknot fan writing for slipknot oh wow and um <laughs> i don't think it was a dig by any means that dude's fuck that dude's a talented motherfucker they both are uh 
but I think it, it, it expressed in the, the um the new the newness of that I guess uh, for lack of better way to put it um slightly different stuff the softer uh, friend of mine listened to it and he, he's he, I pushed Slipknot on him but he's kind of eh, you know he appreciates a few songs and this one he's like yeah I can't get into this record. I was like, start half, just halfway. Go for the second half. I feel like it's. I feel the second half of the album's a little bit heavier, but it kind of eases yeah. you in. It kind of brings you in that creepiness. It's like a horror movie, and the jump scares are not till the very end. Um, and then the credit music is all like, "You'll be okay when you go to sleep. It's fine. Let me tuck you in nice with <laughs> this. Amazing. Watch the credits. It's going to be all nice and pretty." And that's what this album was for me. And I think, it, man, it's. Um, I'm. It's also new, and I'm really excited about it. And it's. Yeah. It's. Uh, one I've been listening to a lot. So that new, that freshness, that excitement, and um, just like seeing them and seeing that unit, the cohesiveness. And I, I've seen them numerous times, but that was by far the best. It was like, ah, that dude, everybody's on 10. This is amazing. And, and that's kind of somewhat captured for me when I listen to it. So it's, there's that excitement still. Uh, how many of the new songs did they play when you saw them? I know they played two of them. <laughs> but yeah they probably didn't play a ton right i mean you gotta play old stuff too but i'm just thinking like i know when i go to see a band live that's what the stuff that i heard i want to go find on record and then listen to it so if you got to see it they were on 10 they were awesome those songs will resonate with you more i would for me that's how it would work so driving driving up there in my toyota uh tacoma with its high quality sound system in that bucket <laughs> Uh, driving up that God, what I gotta look at the name of the song. I I know songs by the first lyric song. The um, is it the dying song? Yeah, sure. Why not? That's the big one, right? That's the single. Yeah, put your song. hands in. Yes, the do yeah. the one. Okay, I don't. I don't want to try and sing it. Neither, neither did I, but <laughs> you <laughs> didn't <wait>. like it. <laughs> Listen, like driving up, driving up there, listening to it. Like I said, in my amazing sound system, which you can definitely hear all the clarity of all, every instrument. Uh, I was like, well, I don't, I don't get it. What does that mean? Huh? And then when they played it live, it was almost like it was a different song. I recognized that vocal part and the intro to it, but then it was like, I could hear th other things were happening and it was, it was great. And then uh, put the record on and I was like, dude, I'm starting to have that digital versus analog argument mm -hmm. in my head. Cause this is, there's little elements and things I didn't hear in that song before. And man, fucking great song. Mm -hmm. I love when that happens, though. We always talk about, like, listening to it in the car is one thing. Listening to it in a really good pair of headphones is another thing. Listening to it on record is another thing. So there's so many different ways to listen to your favorite record, and you should do it in all of those ways. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, I have sometimes, like, um, I don't, I, they broke, but I had an old pair of, um, like, I don't want to say shitty, but, like, what was good in the, like, 70s, 80s headphones, and they had these little EQ uh, knobs Ooh. on them. Oh, and wow. it was, like... So you could kind of get uh, bypass a little of that old harshness of tape that kind of sounds and whatnot. And but it was man, listen to some of those old records on that it was like it, it was fun as in its own. It sounds like shit, but goddamn, the nostalgia is <laughs> so worth it. And like getting the big record books out and all that shit. Uh, it's, yeah, that like I said, go listen to it in every format if it's one of your favorites because you'll find new shit every time. Yep. We might have like rated the records differently depending on if we had just listened to all these on vinyl. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, and like the best pair of Bose noise canceling, that type of shit. Yep. Yeah. Do you know it's weird? I, I have Iowa on, on vinyl and I haven't listened to it yet, but I always listen to that album in my truck. Hmm. That's like my favorite place to listen to that record. 
but now hearing what's on and like how the new one sounds on my home stereo versus in my truck it's like, i don't want to listen to that record yeah in my truck. Mm-hmm. it's a crazy world out there and, and it's <laughs> funny like that's a record that came out 20 what 21 almost 22 years ago Fuck. and we're like there's different ways to dissect it today than there was when they put it out no yeah. oh, shit yeah, and and stuff from the seventies, same idea. Like they were, they had all these these tools and tricks at their disposal in the studio that you know our shitty headphones, because we were you know middle class suburban white kids didn't could never fucking appreciate. Now we now it's a little more easy to get that technology. It's a different record. It, it's totally worth checking out in a bunch of different formats. That was a tangent, right, guys? Oh, it's yeah. great. It's <laughs> what do you have two tone? What did I have it to? My second record, too, was uh, I had We Are Not Your Kind. And I listened to that nonstop when it came out in the summer of 2019 and then into early days of the pandemic. It was just something that I always gravitated back to. Uh, love, love the first song, the single, Unsainted. Really, really loved Birth of the Cruel. Like you said, it's one of the most raw Slipknot songs there is. It, like, lives in two different worlds. It's got this kind of quiet build and then fucking hits you over the head uh when when Corey gets into it and it's fine i just love that that song nero forte is fucking awesome soul way yes, is, is yep. probably the best closer second best closer they have if not the best closer they have which i'll get to shortly and it's just such a i spent a lot of time with it so you know it's it's probably the first slipknot record that in the moment i was super excited for and wanted to just dive you know headfirst into and did so that's why it's number two for me Great, great record. Great record. I, it, it's one of those that, and actually, Ryan, you kind of talked about this with All Hope is Gone. Like the whole presentation and ecstatic, aesthetic just elevates the whole experience. And you can't fake that. Like there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of care put into it. Uh, and that's, I don't know, we are not your kind. I mean, how are you not going to like that? <laughs> no, yeah, it's a phenomenal album title. All right. Am I jumping in here? All right. Number two, Iowa. Got to go, Iowa. Brilliant follow-up to a brilliant uh, intro to the band. And I just, I was looking at timelines. This album came out two years after the self-titled. So they wrote this while probably touring a shitload. It's just, it's amazing that this was the the follow-up to that self-titled album. And if you know anything about the band, like this was a tough-ass time for the band and the fact that this came out this i think it peaked at three in the billboards like people equal shit that's a fucking grindcore song that is the first time in the history of ever like listen to the first <laughs> minute of that song it's a grindcore song listen yeah. to like i think it was uh punk rock mba finn mckenty he was like it's the first time blast beats were ever in the top 10 like they they hacked heavy music for this album somehow <laughs> And it was a lot of it was driven by Left Behind. Like Left Behind, the radio edit, there's a difference. The radio edit was very much, it was very different than the stu- the studio version. But the studio version of Left Behind is one of the most raw Slipknot songs, which you might not know if you just listen to the radio version. But I could go on and on about this album. I got it in the moment. Fuck. I'm going to stop because I'll fanboy over this album. <laughs> Slowly, it turns into a Slipknot dedicated podcast where each <laughs> each episode is diving into all songs in chronological order. We we could do that. 
<laughs> we could we could do that. I don't know how good we it would sound every week, but we could do it. Like they convinced new metal kids that they like death metal and grindcore. It just yeah, it's true. It's amazing. I am one of those new metal kids that <laughs> they yeah, convinced. It took it took them longer to convince me, but they they convinced me too. They also convinced a lot of like on the opposite end, a lot of you know of uh introduced harmonies <laughs> and right, um, exactly an appreciation for uh so true not like van halen but like van halen's teachers mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know every an appreciation for oh, all those kids i don't know i grew up in high school there was kids that didn't go to school because they were at home practicing guitar i ended up being one of them but they're yeah they're like a lot of punk bands when i was growing up you know grab a guitar and just start making some noise and that's it and then there was the kids that like would come out every once in a while with this shiny guitar and you'd be you know jaws would drop and i think that brought the um i'm i'm stopping a tangent no no we love this shit man that's and it's you're right it introduced some of the people on that other side that hey the melody stuff is also kind of cool to have in these songs like don't don't shy away from that it fits it just fits differently that's yeah. In my experience, people that are always like, "Who's this? What are you listening to?" It's it's the pretty stuff. If it's you know the people equal shits happening, and it's like, "Oh, is this?" No, of course it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the un up. uninitiated, but <laughs> right, yeah, true. Well, because you had Corey and Jim coming from Stone Sour, then you had Mick and Joey, and I think at least someone else coming from death metal bands. So like, this is what you get when you put those in a blender, and it just worked. Yep, it's crazy that it worked. It shouldn't have. No, but it no, absolutely no works. I know on top of all that, they convinced an industry to back them out of nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they did a lot of that by, you know, hitting the touring scene like crazy and blowing people off the fucking stage, too. I think that that helped. Yeah. Nate, what'd you have? Yeah, man. So number two, I had We Are Not Your Kind. And uh, funny enough, you guys got me into this record because I was kind of in Twan's headspace with uh, subliminal verses where I had kind of not ridden the band off, but I was like, I was so burned on the great chapter. And so for this record, I was like, I'll get around to it, you know, at some point. Um, and I finally gave it the time of day and um, clearly I like it. It's number two, you know, it, I also see this as like a rebirth of the band, you know, Jay really came into his, his own on this record. And I think a real salute to Joey Jordison, because I don't think he wanted to replace Joey but definitely pay dues to, to that kind of style because he goes all out on this record. Like you mentioned earlier, Tone, Unsainted. That song, the dichotomy of that song with like the chorus and the, the full-on choir singing, immediately I'm like, this is, that's fucking ballsy. But also, now I want to hear a choir do a cover record of Slipknot because it's just such this weird departure risk that only someone like Slipknot, Slipknot could pull off and really catapults them into a stadium band with that with that record and that sound too because you can only pull it off in a stadium with like the whole echoing through the amphitheater or you know roman roman outdoor stonehenge type venue so um i love this record love that song question though is all out life does this count does that count to be on this record because it wasn't officially right no, and I actually is I think that's like an old song that was kind of released at the same time because they played that live when I saw them in 2019. Okay. Yeah, I only asked because the packaging for that for that song was kind of in line with this record release. So it's almost like a teaser. Yeah, they it was it was in that cycle. Yeah, great. I mean, you're not going to get any argument from me. I headed it too as well. 
All right, we got ones. The grand finale. Oh, shit. So, Tuan, what do you got? I'm going to go with one that started it all. Self-titled. I was... Like, people forget. This album came out in 1999. Like, Slipknot, I think a lot of people associate with, like, you know, younger fans now. It's, like, almost in the way, like, people associate Harry Potter with 10-year-olds. No, 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 no. This came out in the late 90s. Like, I was 13, and I just remember the first song I heard was Spit It Out. I downloaded it. It must have been from Napster, because I remember listening to it on our uh, family computer's uh, computer in, on the Winamp program. I don't know if you remember Winamp. Oh, yeah. But uh, it just changed the game. It was super raw, and, like, I had heard heavy music like i was into the corns and limp biscuits we've talked about listening to uh heavy music on uh beavis and butthead but like this i felt like was mine you know what i mean like some kids in the 50s or 60s they had beatlemania like this was our fucking beatlemania like this was ours this was and there was the, the the mystique was still there and uh Man, when the drums kick in with sick, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, you're like, it's it's on. And I listening to that album leading up to this episode, I'm like, the blood is still flowing from that. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say, well, actually two things. Corey's performance is f the most raw vocals, I think, ever, one. And then two, the best breakdown in the Slipknot catalog is Eyeless. Best one. It has that groovy classic slipknot that just, man, I'm in. I'm still in 23 years later. But yeah, they they took the fucking world by storm, and it was a level up from anything heavy that I had heard. And it it just felt like a secret club that I was in. And and realistic, it was probably 2000 is when I got maybe late 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 99. I remember that computer. I think that where you had your computer at your house growing up yeah and i can just imagine you like you shut the door but you're like listening to spit it out and you're <laughs> oh very like, secretly what is very happening what's happening over there so you never give a damn in the first place maybe it's time you had a table's turn <laughs> it's so good i love it that's i mean but that's what happens you especially with us music nerds you just you find you find this thing and you latch onto it early on and and it like you this love affair starts so that makes sense to me yeah, and then and then other people find out about it, and then you're like, "Damn it! Why are you cheating on me with all these other people?" And your little love affair is over, and then you call them sellouts, and you get mad, and then they get famous all over the world, and everybody knows them and loves them, and then you're like, "Yeah, I remember when they first started, man." <laughs> Try and suck off some of that cool. Having a love affair in front of a crowd, a stadium crowd. <laughs> How could you? How That's could so you? true. It's so true, man. That's so fucking true. All right, I'll give you my two real quick because I, I know I, I was saving Ryan for last. I had All Hope Is Gone at two, or one, excuse me. And uh, it's my favorite Slipknot record for the reasons that you guys have all said, especially something that you said, Ryan. It felt like a full record. Like there wasn't bits and pieces of it here and there that I could pull and wanted to, you know, yank a song for a playlist or two songs for a playlist and then come back to something else. No, I put this record on to listen to it in its entirety. And you're right. The breakdown in uh, Gimmatria is so fucking good. Snuff is probably my favorite Slipknot song that, that isn't heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the best album closers there is uh, on their records or any records. I fucking love that song. It's just front to back. It just doesn't miss for me. And it does feel like a full, cohesive 
album. And it's kind of funny if the, if what they were doing was like, hey, we're we're recording here and show up here and there if you can. It didn't feel that way when the record came out. The way that it sounds to oh, you, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I would never have thought on any of their records of the involvement because they all right. there. I mean, I mean, I feel sorry sometimes for their mixing engineer. <laughs> no shit, right? I love that they just have a save the date for their album recording sessions. It's like show up if you want. Like, do they, do they have to RSVP? Like, it's probably just like, hey, this part of the year is what we're doing. You can't put anything else there. I know there's nine of us. We don't pick this time. It doesn't fucking happen. So we got to do it. Yeah. Man, speaking for myself, even if, dude, having everybody in the same room doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to start early. I want to get some coffee. Oh, where are you going? I'm hungry. Let's get yeah, some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you want to order here? No, let's just run across the street to save some money. Hey, I don't want to. I can't eat that, man. I'm going to die. I'm going to go to the cup spot on the other side. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And then multiply that times at least two and then an extra person for, for you guys, right? That's fucking nine people versus four. Four is tough. Yeah, I'm 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 used to a like a rolling crew band, everybody included. I'm used to like a group of maybe uh, like nine to fifteen, maybe somewhere in there. You know, six six to fifteen, depending on tour and the bands that I've that I've been with. But then that's just the fucking band. Yeah, you know, right. and then like like yeah, it's oh. I couldn't imagine that organization was just, dude, oh my God, that would be like, yeah, just let me know where to be. That would be the best situation for me. It's just like, yeah, let me know when to be there. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> October 1 to October 21, you're here. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> That's the easiest scheduling ever. Have your co coffee in hand. Yeah. <laughs> bring whatever Don't organic bullshit coffee you want to bring. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. pots. I love it. Yeah. All right. Nate, what'd you have at one? Excuse me. Number one, I had Iowa. Went into it uh, pretty deep, all of us so far, but it is my number one. Tone, you mentioned Joey's drums being so upfront. I think that it's why it's my number one, because I just thought his drumming was just so outstanding. So this is really like a Joey tribute record. It's just front and center. It's in your speakers. It's in your headphones, just blaring you out. But so technical, but still so in, in a weird fucking way digestible. Like maybe because it's front and center, like you, it's highlighted and you just kind of pay attention more. Brutal ass fucking record. There's little things that I noticed listening today, even like everything ends like at uh, 54 seconds. Corey like goes side mic and goes, fuck. And it's like part of the lyric, but he's actually saying it because he just like said a whole verse in one breath and he needs to like, you know, almost recollect himself. But he's, it's part of the song too. So I thought that was really cool. It's like an artistic, like, studio outtake that fits the rhythm of the song at the same time so i caught that today i'm like this record they really were fucking just going all out like you could tell he's out of breath when he's tracking dude i you had just reminded me something i'll never give up my sources but i was privy to actually hear the unedited uh vocals Corey's vocals uh -oh. from that oh, album wow just isolated and by himself and uh that moment like that you're talking about the little like oh, fuck there's there's a lot of that in there that was tucked in for the effect of adding that emotional tension i think i don't know that's my assumption you just uh i mix as well so thinking like why would you intentionally keep oh you know as i learned but uh listening to that vocal the and um you mentioned earlier the rawness of his vocals on the first record him isolated isolated uh for me really showed off his um, power as a vocalist and his willingness to go to very uh dark emotional places within himself to put that into his performance which gained a lot of respect mm -hmm. from me 
but but yeah, that um, I'd forgotten about that until you had mentioned that off mic. Fuck, of that moment, but it's so fucking it's so good to think of it that way though because it's not something that I would have thought of in the moment listening to it the first time or even like the sixth or seventh time, but like something you spent a ton, a ton of time with over twenty years and also had your hand like you said you mix. There's a reason for it and like get get yourself there. Fucking, uh, it's so perfect and it it lends itself to you know. The credibility of the record, the credibility of the music, it, it's its perfect. That makes so much sense. I've always thought musicians are actors that don't have to go into character, kind of. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I can only speak for my own personal um, spaces, but I've, I've worked out a lot of negative stuff within me uh, on stage. And um, I, sometimes I'm in my own little world. I don't even know what's going on. And it's pure emotion and scary and all of that. But uh, yeah, just to, to be able to, in that moment, to hear that and be like, whoa, man, these fuckers really mean it. I like that. I love it. All right. I'm in. That's a good point. I'm in. This was still the era when they were all like known to th- like throw up in their masks, especially Corey, and still just finish the show. Like, and they wouldn't wash. Who do we hear that from? I think it was on the Tattoo of the Air stuff. Like, they didn't, wa- yeah. they didn't wash the coveralls. They didn't wash their masks. It was just on to the next show. Like, this was the a two, the whole cycle. Yeah. For the whole special era cycle. for that band. Yeah. There was a, was that like a, a DVD that came with the album or there was like a little backstage footage, something that I saw of them, like getting ready to go on stage and they were all like shoving each other around and getting mad. Cause you know, you gotta go on, you're in Slipknot. You can't be nice going out on that stage back then, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, but then they're throwing up in their mask and then like shaking it out and putting it on going out on stage. So gross, but also I understand. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I'd be mad at that point. I could be yeah. You know, hung out with Mickey Mouse all day and then gone to a show and someone put puke on my head. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. And change the I'm world. Fighting change the sentiment. first fucker that gets up here. <laughs> T- take us home, right? I want to hear there's a lot of hype. All Let's right. Go. He's he's been batting okay. he's been batting lead off all night. He's batting cleanup right now. Let's go. There we go. Okay. So the year was not <laughs> um I used to uh rehearse my band at the time rehearsed at this um place in Oakland and uh demos would get slid under the doors of the rehearsal studios and things like that and this showed up one day and i took it after practice and put it in my car and was like what the fuck and loved it right from the fucking get-go and i say um that's what i said i've uh i've been there since day one i know there was now before this but this was kind of this is the promo uh it says uh release date june 29th 1999 advanced cd for promotional use only note not all mixes are final and uh if you notice there's there are no pictures um you guys can see this i don't remember you guys this is just audio huh just audio yeah ryan's holding up an advanced uh copy of the album yeah there's no front uh, uh just a little card on the back of it just a cd and a card and there's no photos of the band and um that was my first introduction put it in was like fuck yeah and then uh the other memory I have of this is picking up a friend of mine. We're driving to go skate up at the uh, at the Ohlone Mission in Fremont, California, and he, he said it was uh, it's like when you drink too much fucking Slurpee, but like the audio version, and that always stuck with me because that is definitely a good uh, description of the first listen of this album. It's my number one because. Uh, there wasn't any gimmick. I remember when they got big people, oh, masks, what with the mess? And it was some kind of write-off that like listening to them, you know, you couldn't listen to them because you, you, the way they looked or something. 
And I thought that was weird. And I, I remember what they're, they wanted focus on the music and not on them as individuals. I, I didn't know any of that. I, I, for a long time, I did not know that they were a masked band, uh, you, know, you know, or the masked band. Cause I don't even think that was there. That wasn't a term before them. Mushroom head. <laughs> I don't want to go there. That, yeah. I got a whole story about that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, to me, they were just a band. Um, I had assumed it was somewhat local, maybe, you know, the, there was some larger bands at that rehearsal spot. And so, but yeah, I had no clue who, the, who they were. And right off the bat, holy fucking shit, that beginning, like you said, the drums, with the, and how it builds into that first scream and yeah. that rawness. And it's just, here we go. And um, that that first listen, that holy shit still sticks with me every time I put it on. This is like when I want to go, that dude, put this album on. I'm going. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to close this out by, by reading this because it's actually really interesting. Because for how long was who's in the band? Nobody knew, right? It was a mystery. Who's in Slipknot? And then they tease it out. First thing it says on this, Slipknot, Corey, vocals, Mick, guitar, Sid, turntables, Sean, custom percussion, Paul, bass, Joe on drums, Chris, custom percussion, James, guitars, and Craig on samples and media. I never forgot about that. I'm like, yeah, who are these guys? What are right. their names? Right. But, um, but yeah, I just, I was looking at that. Like I said, I dug this out uh, today out of my, on my uh, storage, on my CDs and was reading this and going like, what the fuck? But it actually has a whole thing here about the band, like their little promo, which is Seeing where they are now, it's kind of awesome. Uh, I read it earlier and I was like, dude, that's rad. So here we are. I love that they didn't lean into the masks at all. Like they could have pimped that promo with masks and all that stuff, but they didn't. Well, it's the like it's the same color scheme. And I think that actual, I mean, I think this is just missing. There's probably when this was released, they're probably waiting to finalize artwork, which would be my guess. But yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I seen him, it was like, oh, it makes sense. I mean, the music is absolutely fucking crazy. So why wouldn't it be made by absolutely crazy looking motherfuckers? Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, um, I liked it. The first time I saw him in masks was a, a, um, a video and they were wearing the, um, I want to say white jumpsuits, like an off white coveralls. And we had the little colored dread sticking out. And that was like, what the, this is the, these are the guys. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. So. June 29th, 1999. It actually says Iowa, dot, dot. I'm help you place the <laughs> Possibly best known as the middle of nowhere. Since the dawn of rock and roll, Iowa has yet to be put on the musical map. Name a significant musical entity from the state. You can't. But nine freaks from Des Moines, Draped in industrial coveralls, surrealistic self-made masks, and an attack that combines violently regurgitated L.A. neo-metal, death metal, hip-hop, and down-tuned screeching horror are about to leap on an unsuspecting world like a musical clockwork orange. Ever think about what a messed up hardcore metal band from the middle of nowhere would be like? Ultraviolence only begins to describe it. Meet Zero. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. DJ, drummer, bassist, two percussionists, a pair of guitarists, a sampler, and a lead vocalist, aka the nine headed savior destructor of modern heavy music, dubbed Slipknot. They've got the tools, they've got the talents, 
They've got the complex yet infectiously catchy songs. The world has no choice. Slipknot has arrived. You decide how to deal with it. Formed in late 1995, the band went through necessary lineup changes to arrive at what they now describe as a family unit. All native Iowans, their rather unassuming, unhappening locale, gave the members plenty of space and time to perfect their unusual take on heaviosity. The band recorded and distributed the self-released album Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat in 1996, and the ball hasn't stopped rolling since. Attracting the attention of a number of labels, Slipknot finally signed to Roadrunner through noted producer Ross Robinson's I Am Records imprint in 1998 and entered Indigo Ranch Studios in Los Angeles with Robinson to record their Roadrunner debut. From the pummeling sick and the unforgiving bludgeon of surfacing to the sublime melodies prosthetics, Slipknot's vast area of influences comes seamlessly wrapped up in a love-hate letter to the outside world. The touring that will follow will be unlike anything else out there. See them on this year's OzFest for starters. And remember, seeing is believing. Imagine being a radio station and getting that. You'd be like, who the fuck do these guys <laughs> think they are? Exactly. And then you listen into it and you go, who the fuck do these guys think they are? And right. you see them. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you go see them live, and it's just it one levels up. What the fuck? It's yep. yeah, phenomenal band, phenomenal artists, phenomenal you know musicians. Their creativity blows me away. Great group. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great spot to stop. Yeah, that's the mic drop. That is the mic drop. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so Ryan, thank you for joining us, man. Do you have anything you want to get out there? Yeah. I don't have three or four um, on vinyl or that, uh, you know, that original album. If there's anybody out there, <laughs> there's a copy they want to hand over. <laughs> there you go. No, uh, no, I'm not doing nothing. I'm, I'm uh, home mixing, mixing for some, some bands that are rad and hopefully there'll be a uh, new music out there in the world. Nice. Hell yeah. Soon, dude. soon. Yeah. Anything you're part of, we'll, we'll keep our eyes open for. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, anybody want me part of their stuff? My rates are reasonable and, Free promotion right here. These guys said they'll promote it. You heard it? Yeah, yeah. no, we'll promote it. We're we're in. See, you hire me, you get built-in promotion. That's that's the party of slave guarantee right there. Front front of the pod, baby. (laughs) Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us, man. Yo, always a pleasure. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at PatioSlavePodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks. It keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you. <laughs>